Awesome, awesome, awesome. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us. We ask you, Lord, to anoint our words, the teaching that you bring to us, the revelation, but most of all, Father, that you light up our spirit. We've come to be edified, Lord, and to exhort one another and to glorify you. So train us up as we ought to go for this short time that we're together here now. And we thank you, Father, that you've given us this provision, this place, and we come together as a family and a people, here and wherever. Be glorified, Lord. Let everything that's said and done be according to your word as a foundation. We do ask for the fresh revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, I do have a few things that I'm going to weave into this. And uh, it has to do a little bit about the mission of our ministry. We're a kingdom ministry. We reach out. We're all about kingdom. Wherever the Lord's kingdom is being preached and wherever he's being established, we're there. We want to be part of that. And in a little way, God uses us to touch places that many of us never thought we would. And so I want to share that with you. Um, if we have it keyed up, please, for the Times Square little, let me know when you have it. And We'll put the, the, the lights down in a second. There's a movie that we're sponsoring, Touch Heaven is sponsoring, for the premiere here on April 4th at the Regal Cinema in Boardman. Now, we volunteered and, and asked some of you if you wanted tickets last week to write your name down and let us know. You still have this week to do it. You may have next week, you may not, because they might be all gone. So what we're asking is that don't ask for more tickets than you're going to use. And if you take them, come. Now, you know, I'm, there's a real emergency. Fine, if the emergency is, you know, you didn't feel like going out that night, shame on you. Because these tickets are precious. And we only have so many of them. And so we want to make sure that the TH family gets the opportunity to come first. Now... I want to share with you, first of all, I think what I'd like you to do is to share what happened in the heart of New York City last Thursday, just a few days ago. Whether you know it or not, you had a part of that because Touch Heaven helped to make that happen in our own little way. We were involved in the logistics of it. And in so doing, we were allowed to part with, in a small little way, with TBN and Matt and Lori Crouch, and Andrea Bocelli, and some other names that you'll see. Now again, we had a small little part, but we were able to have that influence that God gave us within our sphere to be part of something that is touching hearts all over the world and is even coming here as a premiere. I want to read to you in a moment after you see this first. Now, so you understand, what you're about to see was around 4 p.m. Thursday, Times Square, New York City. That's what you're about to see. Let that soak in a moment. Where the same place where they, they drop the ball and people were getting drunk and reveling in the sins of the world, the same place where just about anything goes for anybody at any time. The same place where we understand that very rarely have we heard or seen God glorified. Four o'clock, 
Thursday afternoon, Times Square, New York City, if we could put the lights down, please, and turn it up loud.
Thank you very much. When uh, Matt sent me that, which was just a few hours after it happened, this is what he wrote to me. He said, Frank, greetings from New York City. I wanted to share with you a little bit of a mission statement for this project. God spoke to our hearts many years ago that we would have entrance into the hearts of the ungodly without them even knowing it. It feels like the journey is the first project that reflects that facet of our calling. Post or share that this is the movie to invite someone to that they already know they would turn down an invitation to church. Lori and I hand this project over to the body of Christ and to you now. Use it as a conversation starter to allow Jesus to gain entrance into the heart of anyone they knew. We are so grateful for your help. Matt and Lori. I had written to Matt right after I saw it. New York City is referred to as the Big Apple. And I said, who can believe but in the very heart of the Big Apple that the Lord was glorified for his grace by a blind man who said, now I can see. Think about that. To me, that's like putting a strike right in the heart of the economic system of the United States. To me, that is at its highest level an opportunity to glorify God. So, I invite you again, if you haven't signed up or asked for tickets, you still have a chance today. Mikkel's been wonderfully and wondrously stewarding all of that. She had to go and wrestle with Regal Cinema, who tried to change the terms on us at the last minute, but she was a ferocious warrior in the Lord with grace. <laughs> Much more grace than I had, so it was better that she did, because I was gonna threaten them, and she went and, and loved them. Okay, okay, so uh, it's April 4th, Thursday at 7 o'clock at Regal Cinema. If you uh, already asked for tickets, she'll be having those for you after church. If you still want tickets, don't ask me now. You're going to ask her later after church. And, uh, and tell her how many that you want. But again, please make sure you use them. And if it's somebody who's on church, that's even better. We're inviting government officials, and many of them have said yes. Some judges a mayor, some uh, township trustees, some officials, some people that are just in secular business side of things. We're inviting them. We're not inviting them to proselytize. We're inviting them to come and appreciate the artistic gifts of God at their highest level, done in a sense that is, is not challenging. It's not combative. And uh, there's so many so many celebrities, I guess, I don't know what else to call them, wonderful artists that are part of this that you will see, that were part of this, uh, this movie, this journey through Italy on horses and that. It, it's, it's quite well done. It's done with excellence. And uh, it's, it, the theme of it all is by far the best tenor in all the world, Andrea Bocelli, who loves the Lord.
loves the Lord. Amen. And he partnered with TBN. Who could do such a thing but God? And not only for that, but for many things they're doing together. So don't miss that. If you can make it, we'd love to have you there. Seven o'clock, it's a one-hour showing. We also are partnering with Wounded Warriors. We mentioned that to you. We'll have more of that for you. Uh, that's come a long way now. And um, they have nominated the warrior that's going to get the benefit of a, of a new house that is set up completely for he and his family. This much I can share with you. How many of you remember the movie? Was it 51 or 52 dates? 51st. 51st date. How many of you remember it? And if you recall, it was uh, Adam Sandler, and he kept chasing this woman who every day she had to start all over. Her memory was wiped out. And every morning, it was like it was brand new to her. That's this man. His greatest moment every day is when he learns again that he has a one in three-year-old child, brain traumatized from the battlefield, and also handicapped. That's the wounded warrior that God has blessed us to participate in to help with. You're going to be part of that too. That's a big undertaking, but the Lord put it on our heart. You see, we're kingdom. We're not just trying to build the body of a congregation. That's, you all do a great job with that, and, and, and I'm probably not the best at that because I'm kingdom-minded. Everything to me is about kingdom. And, and as a pastor, it's my heart to, to, to be here for you and to do the best I can and to love you and to pray for you and to be uh, a, a, hopefully a pastor of integrity and truth and honesty to you in all things. But I have to tell you that the mission of Touch Heaven Ministries and what God has called us to from the beginning is a kingdom mission. And that prayer started when I asked the Lord to allow me to go to my people and to lead them to the Yeshua and, and to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he told me, no, I will, but first you will serve the nations in, in my kingdom. And in my mind, I, wasn't, I didn't know what that meant. I do what many people did. I ran all around the place trying to serve the nations. And I was sent out, and I, things were happening until the Lord sat me down and realized that it's not about my presence in a whole bunch of nations. It's about his presence and being bold and able and in the right place to prophetically declare when he calls on me to do that. And I've learned to rest in him that I could declare from here in Canfield, Ohio, and it'll be heard in the four corners of the earth, if that's what he wants. So I could get into all kinds of things with you right now, but there's a, a, a message that I, I hope to lay down with you today that we started on and it was interrupted last week. Patty did a great job. Thank you, Patty, for stepping in. And, uh, you know, the Lord had his own schedule. We couldn't get back. We intended to be back, so we worshiped with you and prayed with you and watched it online. And, and uh, you know, of course, the, the team probably hates that because I start texting them about all little things. Turn up Sonny, turn down this, do that, put the light on over here, get, get a better shot with this. And they probably say, whoo, we're so glad he's here today and not there. Um, but that's how it goes, isn't it? Um, there's a lot of things we could share. One of the things I like to do is to try to keep you as I do myself, and a lot of times I share out around with different um, uh, opportunities, is, is just a real quick glimpse of what's happened in the last week or two worldwide. 
I, you know, you probably saw it, but I don't know if you connected the dots. We know that uh, China and Russia became even closer, and they made a pact with each other, part of it secret, part of it real. Part of the secret pact, I heard, part of the real pact, um, most people got what they wanted us to get. And China is devouring countries left and right. Honduras over the weekend disavowed Taiwan and said, we're throwing all of our allegiance behind China. What do you think the, the reason was for Gilke, for money? For money. First of all, they owe Taiwan 600 million, they can't pay them, so they're squelching their debt. Secondly, China lured them with promises and does that with everybody and doesn't keep them all. You're finding an allegiance of the dictators coming together very quickly now. They're finding their paths to each other. And they have one common purpose, and that is to annihilate the United States and to annihilate Israel. And as long as we stay connected with Israel here in this country, we have an opportunity of surviving it. The moment we become disconnected with them, we will fail. So we need to stay connected. And so far we have. Although there's some things shaking. Saudi Arabia was very close to becoming peace-peace and becoming part of the Abraham Accord, which we knew about before the Abraham Accord. In fact, we knew it during the 2016 election that something was going to happen with that. But all of a sudden, Saudi Arabia withdrew, and they reinforced their alliance with Russia, which enforced their alliance with Iran because China and Russia came in to make peace between Saudi Arabia and Iran, which is very difficult because they're two different sects of Muslims, and if you don't know anything about that, it's oil and water, it doesn't mix very well. But for the lure of this and the lure of power, there's a new alliance that's been made with Saudi Arabia and Iran again with a common enemy to destroy called Israel. Things are moving rather quickly. They seem to happen fast and then slow down and then happen fast and then slow down, but we're seeing these alliances get in place. Russia, China, Iran, the Arab bloc. We see ourselves weakening in many ways because our minds are totally on sinful things in this country. We're worried about genderizing little children. We make that more important than we do about God in our schools. And we've seen what's happened in our schools once God came out of our schools. It's not going to get better. They can have all the laws and rules they want, but until they put God back in the schools, there's no protection in the schools. And we understand what's rampant in this country. We don't go to sleep wondering if there's going to be another mass killing, another shooter. Our question is, where is it tomorrow? That's what we've come to. No other place on earth like our society right now. Why? Because we proclaim to be one nation under God, which is the worst thing a nation could do, and then at the same time, be shameful to God. It's better not to know than to know and not to do. So yes, grace is really important right now because that's what we're standing on. We're standing on grace. We're not standing on righteousness of what we've earned and deserved for this country. 
There's some things going on in Israel where we already know that there's been some disinformation and stuff set there, and it's trying to get the masses up against the existing government again and some division brought in there. And there's some threats again of tearing down that government. That's all coming from the outside, not all of it from the inside. And because of social media, it has its place. We're hearing the rattling of nuclear weapons and all of a sudden the world is becoming aware of battlefield nuclear weapons. They've been around a long time, but there's an expectation that they're going to be used. It's just possible as we interpret Revelation that that is what happens in the Valley of Armageddon where there's so many dead that it takes seven months to kill them with their flesh melting and the eyes coming out of their heads, as the Scriptures tell us. I'm raising this all up to you so your eyes are open. I'm not calling a doomsday. No man knows the time. And I know that gross darkness is covered in the earth, but the glory of the Lord has risen upon you and I. But we are the glory keepers. (laughs) We must be the keepers of the glory. We're the stewards of the glory. We're the stewards of truth. We must speak truth. We must stand with the God of Israel, the people of Israel. We must stand as the body of Christ. Neither Jew nor Gentile, Greek, neither male or female, but understanding that we are made in the image of his God, and that image is not to be distorted by mankind. A male is born a male, a female is born a female. A male is supposed to be united with a female, and a female with a male. And in every species, whenever there's a crossover, it becomes a stillbirth. A goat cannot cross over with a sheep. It's a stillbirth. They look the same, but they're not the same genus. A woman cannot cross over with a woman. There's nothing. A male, not with a male. It's a stillbirth. What it is, is defaming the very reproductive things that God has put into man and woman to recreate a family in his image. And so in essence, what happens, it's a slap in the very face of God. My prayer for this country, and this is the first time I'm going public with it, and I will soon because I've been getting pulled in a lot of directions, is that we don't fall into just getting behind a man because that man is an alternative to the existing president. My prayer is that the body of Christ doesn't get used for somebody's own purposes. My prayer is that I'd rather have a sinner tell me they're a sinner and a believer tell me they're a believer than to have somebody tell me who's a sinner that they're a believer. My prayer is that the body of Christ holds its standards high, not for political gain, but for the kingdom. And that we don't compromise for anybody or anything, and that we believe God is able no matter what. That brings me to this point. If I could uh, bring the, the lights down a little bit and put up the picture of the twins. I was seeking the Lord this week, and as I do, a lot of times in the middle of the night, he begins to show me things, and I saw this. (laughs) I don't know, maybe I had pizza that night. I don't know what happened. And I was wondering about 
the flesh and the spirit. How many of you know that you have at least two different forces, entities operating in you? You have the flesh, not just the body, the flesh. The flesh is that ego that says I am instead of he is. The flesh is the ego that's more concerned with my am than his am. <laughs> the flesh is the ego that we, we feed in trying to satisfy it. It can never be satisfied until it's resting in the Lord. Our spirit is at war at all times with the flesh. The good news about the spirit, which we don't understand, and about how to walk in the spirit, is that we say we're spirit-led, and sometimes we get this visual about a, 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 a race car in Indianapolis, the lead car going around the track that all the other cars follow, or, or we get the rabbit that's running in the greyhound race and the greyhounds are chasing it. No, that's not spirit-led. Spirit-led is the locomotive that pulls the train and has the power that we follow. Spirit-led is the power of God within us. Spirit-led is the engine on the back of the jet that pushes it through, not pulls it by. Spirit-led means that we are being moved by the power of God to overcome all the forces of friction against us. That's the power that we need. And the forces of friction that are against us, the greatest force of all, we love to blame it on the devil, but it's not him. We give him far too much power. He's not omniscient, he's not unknowing, he's not everywhere, he can't be. Don't be so arrogant to believe that the devil wakes up every morning and is coming after you. He's got a whole lot of people to deal with. And he's got a kingdom of his own that he tries to keep together. And guess what happens when you get a whole bunch of thieves and rogues and misfits together? You got your hands full trying to, that's, that's like herding cats. He's got to herd cats every day with those stupid demons and have you ever thought about the disarray of the kingdom of evil? We want to say, oh, it's, it's a well-tuned army. No, it's not a well-tuned army. It's a bunch of misfits. He has plans, and they go out about their plans, but they're misfits. Those demons are misfits. They're not wiser than you. You're wiser than them. You have the mind of Christ. They don't have more power than you. The only thing they fear is the fear of the devil who's going to punish them. Or more than that, they fear is the blood of Jesus. Amen. They cannot minister in the blood. We minister covered in the blood. And so we put too much, we attribute too much to the kingdom of evil, and we want to blame our failings and the things that we fall short of on, on the devil when really it's the flesh. It's the flesh. How many times have you heard that you're a product of your environment and then we buy into that? Well, they couldn't help themselves. They were a product of their environment. Then we hear stories and we have loved ones who somehow or another emerged from that environment. How many of you have a father or a grandfather or a great-grandfather that emerged through almost impossible things to become something that, that was able to accomplish something and hand on a different legacy? or at least to overcome and not succumb. Too many excuses. The product of the environment, the product of relationships. How about culture? The product of culture. <laughs> well, yeah, there are some things that are very hard to overcome. If you happen to be a woman 
in Iran right now, it's a very difficult time to be a woman that, that's, that's dealing freely with what she's supposed to have. That's a cultural problem, a real cultural problem. But that cultural problem doesn't define you and I who we really are, only if we allow it to be. You can be in the midst of the Holocaust and still be who you're supposed to be. If you have the power, the spirit. Interesting about this movie, if you ever saw it, it's fun to watch. This was uh, based upon what was supposed to be a scientific, uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? A scientific uh, research to see what would happen if you took the sperm and embryos from two different fathers and combined them together in the womb. What would come out? And that's what came out. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they came out as twins, but they didn't know they were twins. They were separated at birth. And, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was taken by the professor who taught him and schooled him and trained him up and taught, taught him how to be a good person. And, and, and Danny DeVito, he ended up with some rascals and, and he was brought up to become a street person and a thief and a con man. And he didn't find out until later that through their mother who was dying, that they were twins and they found each other. And so then you get this hilarious interaction between the two, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. At this point, because of the fact that it's a parable, how about we call Danny DeVito and the twins the flesh and Arnold Schwarzenegger the spirit? You see, the flesh wants you to believe it's bigger than the spirit, but it's not. If Christ be in you, and the glory of God is in you, then he who is in you is greater than who is in the world and everybody else. So the flesh is like that in your visual. It is not as large as the spirit of God in you. But both the flesh and the spirit are processed through a mind. And that mind happens to be what? It's, it's a function of your soul. Your soul processes the mind and your emotions. The spirit is the spirit of God and the spirit of life. So both the flesh and the spirit are warring into the process of the mind to try and conform our thinking. Now we have to break out of the flesh thinking. And flesh thinking is a process of what we've experienced, what we've been taught, what we think is right and truth. Look at the horror right now in the war in Ukraine. It's nothing new, it's just being blasted all over that they're taking the young children from the parents of the captives in Ukraine and the Russians are taking them deep into Russia and they're reprogramming their minds to hate Ukraine, hate their parents, and to love Mother Russia. They're literally doing that right now. Because there's a great influence that happens in the flesh that is not overpowered by the spirit. And in the sense, our challenge is to first of all recognize that if you are in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, that you are born again of the Spirit. 
Now, a lot of people have a hard time with the born-agains. I once was on an airplane, a private plane, with a Wall Street guy, financier, and we had just finished placing a high-yield bond placement, which was quite a feat. It was a large one. And he was saying to me, you're going to get a commission on this. What are you going to do with it? I said, I'm not sure yet. He said, I'm, I said, I'm praying about what I should do once and when that comes. I said, how about you? He said, oh, I've got all kind of ideas. I want to build this house. I want to do this. I want to do that. And he says, you know, my mother was a missionary. Now he's trying to play to me. I said, oh, that's good. He goes, oh, yes. And I went to the mission field twice with her. And he says, but you know, you know who I don't like? I said, no, who don't you like? He says, I don't like them born-againers. I said, really? Why? Well, they, you know, they think you have to be born again. And, and, and uh, you know, they, they really don't understand the way things are supposed to be. And, you know, my mom never professed to be born again. She did a lot of good. I said, well, what are you doing? You couldn't answer me. Well, I help support the YMCA. I said, oh, that's wonderful. I give some money to the Red Cross. I said, oh, you're a wonderful guy. I said, I don't know about your mom. She was out in the field. I said, she gets my respect. You're in a private airplane telling me you want to build a big house. And that didn't go too well with our relationship. I said, by the way, I'm a born-againer. What? I said, I'm a born-againer. Well, what makes you think you're born again? I said, the Word of God. And I said, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ? Well, I grew up in the church, and I won't tell you the church he grew up. It's a denomination, and, and you, you know, we knew. We believe in Jesus. I said, so do the devils. Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ? Well, I don't think I have to. I said, well, let me ask you a question. If this airplane, which has two engines on it, would use up all its fuel, what would happen to it? He said, well, that's a stupid question. It'd crash. I said, maybe, unless you had a skilled pilot and they could glide it down. I says, yeah, right. I said, so you wouldn't take the fuel out of the airplane, even though you know that the airplane runs on fuel? He said, no, that would be stupid to do. I said, so why are you taking Jesus out of you, even though he's the source of your life? And it hit him between the eyes, and we didn't talk the rest of the trip. You see, it was a test. It was, my flesh wanted to just stay quiet. My flesh wanted to say, I gotta live for another day with this guy. He's a, pay, he's a payday. My flesh said that, you know, what's the difference? I'm with this knucklehead, nothing's gonna change him. Lord, you know, no. The spirit said, smack him over the face with Jesus. And trust me, the flesh will tell us all the time to compromise the things of the Spirit. We could hear from God, we could have gifts of God, but then we want to move out in the flesh and make it happen our own way. And that's when we let go of God and try to do it. And we find out failure after failure, disappointment after disappointment, that it doesn't work. Been there and done that. But there's the rest of God. We've talked so much about to ask and declare and that in the last few weeks, four weeks. But there's a rest for the people of God. 
And that rest is being able to let go. And even in the midst when we're right, even when our flesh, even when our skilled minds and experience tell us it's this way, the beauty of it is to let go and to say, you know what, Lord? Help me to calm my flesh and let go. And all of a sudden it becomes his and it's not ours anymore. I can't tell you how many times that I had an assignment of God and I knew exactly what I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to do it, but somebody I was under the authority of changed it. (laughs) What a dilemma. Wait, Lord, you called me. I heard it. I, I know how to do this. I know what we're supposed to do. I prayed with somebody. They agreed with me. I did this. And someone in authority says, Mm-mm. this is what I'm asking you to do. Not unholy. Different assignment. Which one do you choose? Be quiet a second before you answer quickly. Which one do you serve? You serve under authority, unless authority tells you to do something wrong. Because the minute you're out of authority, you're on your own. And the minute you're on your own, God lets go. It's hard for me, 12 years of it. 12 years of it for me to understand and and, and really understand what kingdom means. Kingdom means we're in a sphere of influence, and with each other, we become something bigger than we are. We could have the best ideas ever, but we need to be in unity and we need to respect authority. And we need to walk in that authority. And guess what happens? When we do, we get blessed. Just recently, Patty and Jim know who it is, I'm not gonna mention it. Just recently, a man of God decided to put a gun to our heads and extricate some money because he's desperate. And little did he know that before Jimmy went to see him, I said, Jimmy, tell him we want to give him a bonus. Jimmy never got to get to that point because the man of God put a gun to our heads. He missed the blessing. Oh, he got the money. You know what's going to happen with that money? Go right through a hole in the pocket. And he already had the blessing, but he didn't allow the blessing to manifest because of the flesh. So many times, we people of God, the blessing's right here. And we run to and fro all over the place trying to find the blessing. We look for another person, another place, another, and the blessing's right here. And if only we'll allow the blessing to flow out. I can honestly tell you, for the most part, for the most part, I've discovered how to enter into rest. But we have to work at it all the time. You get a bad report from the doctor, hey, it blows your mind. Let me tell you, it's not a good thing for somebody to tell you bad things. It's like, whoa, especially when you think they know what they're talking about, right? And especially when they're trained and they're experienced and they have a reputation and and you're paying them. (laughs) Yeah, 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 oh, they must know what, no. That's when 
we got to say to the flesh, be quiet. I'm going to rest in the Lord. I'm going to rest in the promises of God. I'm going to be who I've been called to be, a child of God. I am going to conform to his image, which is the theme for today. And when we do, a burden comes off. How many of you who have had the experience of of asking the Lord into your life have, have felt a burden come off? How many of you? Did you feel a burden come off? Not all of you, just a few of you. Are you awake, the rest of you, or you just don't care? How many of you had a burden come off? Thank you. Oh, okay, so I got a, I got a live audience here, Lord. We can turn the light up, by the way. I'm putting you to sleep. My bad. Light, bright, yeah, there we go, bright. Oh, yes. Oh, there we go. Oh, hi. It's good to see you. It's good to be seen and not viewed, right? The image of God. And we're going to be closing with this. Little fire around the fire in heaven is the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father. Probably a whole bunch of angels listening and watching. A couple cherubim, a few seraphim, all those strange creatures which we really don't understand completely other than to know they're in that secret place. They're listening, they're watching. And the voice of God speaks out in the Spirit. Let us create man in our image. Can you imagine the angels? What? Satan, deep in his spirit. Who do you think I am, Lord? You're going to create somebody else in your spirit? What am I? Am I Swiss cheese here? What's going on? Let us create man in our image, both male and female. And then he goes forward. We know the whole story, the 2,000 years of it. We understand that man failed, man and woman failed, sin, separation from God. And then finally, Jesus Christ. But his, listen to this scripture. Romans 8, verse 29. This is what grabbed me this week. This grabbed hold of me and shook me. And it's stuff I already knew, but I needed to know better. It was stuff I believed, but I needed to believe better. How many of you know that we're never done knowing? <laughs> if, if you think you've arrived to some place and you don't need anybody else or anything else, please repent. Because you're in a dangerous place. That's the flesh ego that's saying I am instead of I am. For whom he foreknew, for whom he foreknew. I was born September 16, 1952, but that's not my birth date. My birth date was when he foreknew me. 
My real birth date was when God created all of us before the foundations of the world. And he called us each by name, and he knew the numbers of hair in our heads. Some have lost some, but we still knew them. He knows what we're supposed to be, had a purpose and a calling. He knew who our mother and father would be. He knew where we would be at. He understood our culture. He understood all of the forces that would be for us and against us. He foreknew you. He also predestined you to be conformed to the image, to the image, say to the image, let us create man in our image, both male and female. So before that, he foreknew you, before he created man, both male and female, in his image, he foreknew you and already determined that you would be conformed to the image of his son. Stuff had to happen. The sin problem needed to be settled. Christ did that. The power of death had to be overcome. Christ did that. We had to have entrance into the Holy of Holies to have fellowship with the Father. Christ took care of that. We needed to be able to be unified as one blood and one family again under the earth as he intended us to be. Christ took care of that. We needed to know that there was no preference against Jew or Gentile or male or female. Christ took care of that. We needed to be able to be those who could contain the spirit of the living God within cleansed vessels. Christ took care of that. We needed to be those who could have a language that could speak in the language of God. Christ took care of that. We needed to know that we could overcome by his blood here on earth. Christ took care of that. We needed to know that we could have eternal life and that we weren't going to die and be lost forever. And he gives us life and life eternal. We needed to be set free so that we could worship him and understand him and know him. Oh, By the spirit of the living God, Christ has set us free. We needed to know that we have a life of hope and not despair. And he has done that. And we need to understand that we're not those who are guided by fear or by the flesh, but by the spirit of the living God. And Christ took care of that. And so much more. We're all sufficient in Jesus Christ. But most amazing to me, and I, I've even somewhat preached it before, but it just hit me again. The Lord did all of that for me before September 16th, 1952. Before I had a clue. And even when I made decisions and choices to rebel against him and to fall short and to run away, he still had it. Because he knew. And he knows. <laughs> he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Everything that Jesus is, you have been conformed to. So Pastor Frank, what do I need to do to get into this spirit? The Word of God. Number one, Word of God. Number two, repent. Not repent from sins all the time. Repent from the flesh. The minute the flesh tries to take over, strike them down or her down. Get rid of it. Lock it up. People try to speak the wrong things into your spirit. 
tell them very politely, and if you have to, tell them rudely, please don't speak that into my spirit. I don't want to have to shut you off, but I will. Because what you're saying is death. How many of you know the flesh is death? The scriptures say the flesh is death. How many of you know if you repeat the things of the flesh, then you're repeating a death sentence? How many of you experienced people that have prophesied the way they were going to go and what would happen to them if something happened and they just kept speaking that death upon themselves and they died? Their worst fears came upon them because that's what they believed, that's what they spoke, that's what they lived. I'm going to be poor the rest of my life. They're poor the rest of their life. I'm going to be sick. My mama was sick. My mama's mama was sick. My mama's mama had this. I had this. My kids are going to have this. Guess what? They all have it until someone comes and says, no, that is not what God foreknew and predestined me to be. I am a new creation. I'm a child of God conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. And I got good news for you. There's not one sick cell in Jesus Christ. Come on. Yeah, we're all destined to die from this life. So what? Life can't hold us. That's just a graduation and promotion into eternity. You see, death only becomes a problem if we allow it to be a problem. Now I have to tell you, I'm not afraid of death at all. The one thing I have to fight a little bit with is getting older and saying, do I have enough time to do what I'm supposed to do? That's, that's my battle. I'm being honest. And every day I remind myself, Frank Flesh, you shut up. I'm going to live out exactly what God has given me, strong and then gone, and I'm not going to be gone until I'm going to be strong, until I do what he's called me to do. I repeat it to myself. I say it at night. I say it in the morning, and I bless the God of Israel. I remind him of my promise to him, and he reminds me of his promise to me, and we have a good day. But sure enough, Jim Headley, as I'm sitting here, somebody will come to me during the day and try to put a damp cloth on me. Somebody will tell me, oh boy, you got a pain. Frank, are you having a pain? I see you walking. Yeah, you got a, oh, you probably got a kidney. You probably got a bad kidney coming. I said, shut up. Can a man just have a sore butt? Huh? Oh, I got some chills. Oh, you probably got COVID. Really? How about you just, can a man just have some chills? <laughs> a lot of you are laughing because it's true. Predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Let's close it. What's that tell you and me? It's finished. It's finished. He's done it. I just got to catch up to it. I just have to let it unfold. I just have to rest in the Lord and not fight the battle myself. I just have to believe what I believe that I believe and allow him to do it and to believe that I'm going to see it. And you know, right while I was pondering that at its highest moment, I got that from Times Square from Matt Crouch. He said, look, Frank, 
this is what we did. Thanks for being a part of it. And I began to weep. And I said, Lord, was there one person there who got the impact of a blind man singing grace to God, saying, once I was blind, but now I could see? Was there one person there from Wall Street like the man that refused you? Was there one homeless person? Was there one religious Jew there? Was there one broken down widow? Was there one helpless four-stage cancer person? Was there one? Because if it was, Lord, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. One last picture as we leave. Lights down, please. We all know the story of the caterpillar and the butterfly, don't we? If you don't, that gorgeous butterfly looks like this ugly caterpillar. Look at the thing, it even has horns. Two sets of horns. Horns in the tail and horns in the front. Never figured that one out. It's a horned creature. It's very restricted. Can't go too far. It's very vulnerable to being eaten. It has a terrible diet. If you crush it, it's gooey. It doesn't have much of a purpose in life. And I don't know how a caterpillar thinks, but if I was that caterpillar, I'd be saying, is this the best it gets? And maybe the caterpillar looks and sees a butterfly and says, oh, if I could fly. Oh, if I could just have wings. Oh, if I could just look like that instead of this. That's the flesh. You see, the flesh wants something else but doesn't want to pay the price of transforming to become that. 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us we transform from glory to glory as if looking in the image of a looking glass. That's a glory, but that's a low-level glory. Your flesh is a very low-level glory. It needs to transform. And then this happens. Next picture. It begins to go through these stages. That lively caterpillar on the left, and then it begins to stretch out, and all of a sudden the cocoon begins to capture it. And even that little bit of freedom it had is lost. And by now the caterpillar is saying, I think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die. That's the soul and the spirit of many people in the world today who are looking for life and light and hope. In their spirit, the spirit's telling them you're dying because the flesh is death. And then the next stage, more cocoon, and it's half covered, and finally there's just a little bit of its horned head sticking out, and then total cocoon, total darkness, captured, chains, bound up. But that's not the day over. 
That's like Christ in the tomb. Couldn't hold him. Had to go through a couple days of a process. Then look what happens. A caterpillar thought its life was over until it became a butterfly. Transformation. Lights back on, please. Do you know that that caterpillar didn't have a choice but to rest in the Lord to be transformed? Didn't have a choice. How about if we get the same mindset and we cap capture our flesh and don't give it a choice to transform and fly? How about every time that flesh tries to break out of that cocoon, we say, no, you stay right in there, you stinking flesh. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to believe what you believe. I don't want to remember what you remember. I am refusing. I'm going to transform. And I'm going to wait for the glory of the butterfly. And I'm going to become the image of the firstborn. I'm going to be born again in that image. And you know what? I'm not looking for the Lord to have to walk in front of me and show me the way. He's the power inside of me. He and I, we're going to go. And we're going to rest. I'm going to rest in the Lord. Because in that place, I win. And I don't have to carry this burden anymore. Resting in the Lord. Resting in the Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for that download of churning back inside of us the reality of who we are and how much you've done to destine us to be who we are today, even to be here to share this together and get this reality. Thank you, Lord, that you've determined this from before the beginning of time. Who are we that we can even imagine this, Lord? How amazing. The earth runs to and fro looking for the supernatural, and the supernatural is right here, just knowing you and who we are. Thank you, Lord. Be blessed, O Lord. Father, continue to wake up our glory and continue to change our minds and help us, Holy Spirit. Provoke us to think the right way, to talk the right way, to walk the right way, and to rest in you, and to submit when we should submit, and to move when we should move, but most of all, to be unified in all that we do in the body of Christ, understanding, Lord, that it's a big kingdom. And if we even have a little part, a small place for a moment, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Be blessed, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.